This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Hey kids, ask your mom for Shipboy ID. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia, Minutia Men, Men with Rick and Dave. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Ricola. Uh, Dave's got a cold again. Dave brought an entire bag <coughs> Excuse me. of Ricola, the yeah. original natural herb cough drops, naturally yeah. soothing relief that lasts from Switzerland. Yeah, well, it's from Switzerland. You know it's good. Ricola. Yeah, I got another cold, Rick. I know that that is, um, for longtime listeners of this program, know that this is a... Uh, Bi-monthly event, probably. Yeah, I, it's just continuous, basically. Yeah. It's just continuous. Uh, I, um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a, now a little worried that it's more than just a cold because I've had this for <laughs> 37 years. Yeah, exactly. Maybe yeah. I should yeah. get this checked. What do you think? Nah, forget it. Uh, Everything's right. fine. The uh, well, you know what else is fine, hmm. Rick? Our ratings are fine. Are they? Yeah, have you noticed how we're doing in the? I old, never the look. Okay, I... well, I've looked. I don't know, 36 times a day, maybe. <laughs> okay. And our ratings have steadily increased over the last few months. Right. We're basically blitzkrieging through the history category. Okay. I wouldn't use that term, but okay. You know, I don't know why we're in the history category, although as soon as something is done, it's history. So I guess, sure, history Well, yeah, is you know, our Cubs category is right. about history, I suppose. We are currently the 654th highest ranking history podcast in america right now wow yeah there's got to be at least 700 podcasts no i mean there's thousands of history. i thought we were higher than that weren't we higher than that oh we were a few weeks ago yeah, yeah. we're now okay. yeah the anthony scaramucci definitely helped out. so that is not blitzkrieging that is the opposite of blitzkrieging okay, that well, is uncrieging okay well see, I, you know what 654 is not horrible okay. i right. mean we we actually go anywhere from 400 to 600 okay. basically and we're on a little All right, I, I think it's it. my cold yeah that's why 654 yeah. um but you know as a child of German, Germans like yeah. you are, uh-huh. yeah, we can't. There's no self congratulations, right? <laughs> no, of course not. Right, we have. That's to, why I don't even check what the right. ratings are. So I, I want to keep it real. All right, all right, and I want to tell you some of the podcasts that are ahead of us. Okay, great. All right, yeah. um, uh, the first one, which I think is, um, they're ranked at six thirteen, is Otto's World. Okay, I'd listen to that. Okay, well, it's a podcast yeah. that concentrates on the Ottoman Empire from the years 1566 <laughs> to 1637. Okay, I okay. would not listen to okay. that. No, I don't know what happened in yeah, those 71 I years. That really that, don't that, care. That, but Otto's World okay. is ranked 613. At 636 is Zachary Taylor, the unknown president. Okay, I'd okay. listen to that. Well, the podcast delves into the 18-month term <laughs> of Zachary Taylor uh, from March... Who died in office. Yeah, March 1849 until his death in July 1850. Right. Okay. Um, so they're ranked at 636. Okay. I mean, it's about a president, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. But, um, yeah, we can't compete with that. Uh, by the way, the last episode of Zachary Taylor yeah. was released in March of 2017. Okay, you know, <laughs> that doesn't sound good. <laughs> yeah. Right. right, so so we're getting beat, but but still we're getting beat by a president, a president and, and an Ottoman and an empire. And an empire. Right, right, exactly. How All bad right. could that I be? I can live with that. Uh, but on the plus side, we are kicking City Beautiful, 
a podcast that delves into the rich history of Iowa's most populous city, Des Moines. Oh, good. Okay, they're at 702. Yeah, kiss my ass. Yeah, right. Des Moines, you can, yeah, exactly. Kiss my ass. Bite me, Des Moines. So, hey, just keeping it real, buddy. Okay, Um, great. So, there you go. All right, well, uh, we promised minutia. It's in the name of the show, so that's something that you... uh, it's unspoken that you are coming here with minutia. It's like the B and subtle. Yes. So please tell me what you got. Are you no jingle or anything? You're gonna do the jingle. Why do you always ask me that? <laughs> if I had the jingle, I'd play it. Um, suspicion. This is out of Chicago, just in our backyard. All right. Okay. Do you have a punchline for that line? What? What are you just about to say? The next. Do, do you have a punchline for this next line? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't ask that question because I know you don't. I'm getting a little irritated with the do you have the jingle at the beginning of the show. Okay, all right. Every week I tell you what I jingles I have, and then you always ask me. Take a Ricola. Okay. All right. Suspicious object leads police to shut down State Street. Okay. Well, you know, that happens, right? Yeah. Guess what time. it was. State Street in Chicago? Yeah, State Street in Chicago. You know what it was? No. It was a can of Chef Boyardee on wheels. <laughs> For real? Yeah. A DePaul student put a, must have been for, you know, a, avant-garde art project or something. It could have been like a like a robotics or something. Or whatever. Yeah. And it was a Chef Boyardee can. Yeah. He puts it on a, like a skate, like like those old skates, remember, you know, those metal yeah, skates, yeah. Uh-huh. whatever. And he put it on at the 200 block of South State Street. Okay. And evidently left it there. It's like, I don't need this shit anymore. You know, right, I already exactly. got my grade. Yeah. And, it, and it completely shut down State Street. <laughs> You know, they got the drones and they had, you know, news cameras out there and the whole thing. Um, so th- if you were driving a couple of days ago on Tuesday okay. in Chicago. I was, was actually. You, you were stuck in traffic because of Chef Boyardee. Uh, Chef Boyardee what is, uh, what happened to him? Did he get in trouble for it or? Uh... Yeah, he got, um, he got nabbed with a disorderly conduct and a breach of peace tickets. Wow. Yeah. Uh, they do not release his name. Uh, I don't know what he got, what grade he got on his art project. I, I don't either. Do you remember? Did you? But I do know that it, that Chef Boyardee ravioli or whatever it is mm-hmm. is a, in itself a crime. <laughs> uh, do you remember roller coasters? Yeah, sure, of course. That was my favorite. Yeah, mine too. I loved the roller coaster. I wasn't a big beefaroni guy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I mean, my mother basically reared us, or just basically nurtured us on. <laughs> See, on I, chef- I was always jealous. My next door neighbor. The pages they uh-huh. they always add you know like fun stuff like roller coaster stuff out of right. cans and things like that and my mother was always no I'm making it from scratch yeah, and right. you know and yeah. and you know she would buy the offbeat uh, you know here I have Hydrox it's just the same <laughs> yeah, thing right. as Oreos we saved sixteen cents yeah. on it <laughs> right but I always wanted spaghettios I always like oh my god spaghettios yeah. I've got to get some spaghettios D- and then in college <laughs> I was off on not, my own I stop. bought a can of spaghettios it's like come it's on like, this is garbage <laughs> yeah, right, I, know. <laughs> I, know. Um, I think my depleted immune system and why I keep getting colds is probably because of all the yeah. RD that I ate yeah, it could I, be when I was a kid so there all right. well thank you very much I have uh, <laughs> a story for you that's right down your alley this is a, uh, a research study I know you're basically yeah. a scientist yeah. uh, research by John Jerram and Nikki Shur of the University College of London and Phil Parker of the Australian Catholic University, they're trying, they're trying to figure out the pervasiveness of bullshit. 
in society and try to identify oh my god the most this ardent is, practitioners this is a wonderful time for them right now to be studying this <laughs> so let me ask you a question do you know uh you're a math guy right oh yeah uh, what are proper numbers a proper number yeah i know what uh i don't do you I, know what uh subjunctive scaling is no with declarative fractions a declarative fraction that's like yeah no i haven't heard of okay any of so you are not a bs <laughs> study participants were asked to assess their knowledge of these math topics and the people that would say oh yeah i know what that is and explain what it was it's still in fact they were all imaginary things they are not there's no such thing as proper numbers there's no such thing as subjective scaling or declarative fractions so these guys just said oh yeah i know what it is right it. and so that's how they figured out who the bsers were okay all right, the data revealed that boys yeah. across all nine countries they did this significantly more likely than girls to pretend like they are sure. experts. Okay. Um, and the two uh, works out to, let's see, there's a big gap. Um, but uh, the gender gap in the United States is the smallest. So girls so, so we in America, bullsh- our girls are, you know, they're a little more advanced than other girls. A little when more it comes bullshitty. Into bullshit. And here's the big thing. The, the most significant thing that they discovered is the people most likely to be bullshitters are those who come from rich households. Wow. Is there anything about skin tone being orange by any chance? Yeah, no. So anyways, the respondents most likely to be a bullshitter are rich, rich white guys. Rich, rich white w- guys. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. So now I have... How much did they spend on this? Because I could have told you this for, for thirty for a bag of Ricola. I could have told you. Well, it's kind of nice to know. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. So I got a quiz. Okay. Now this one I have a jingle for, which I told you beforehand. Time oh, now sure. You're a minutia man. Minutia man. Minutia quiz. Sure, your bits have jingles. Yes, that's right. All right. So here it is. This is a minutia man minutia quiz. I'm going to read you quotes about money. All right. So these are rich people. Talking about money. Okay. You have to identify which one is the president of the United States. Okay. okay. Who right. is the stereotypical among this right. because sure. he's a rich white guy. And he tends to bullshit. Stretches it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. anyway, these are stories. This is quotes about money. Okay. All right. All right. And this is the one that I'm guessing the one that is Trump. The one is Trump. Okay. All of these are said by famous rich people okay all right money is not the most important thing in the world love is fortunately that's I, not him i love money <laughs> okay oh, all right all right all right Let me okay. Finish the quotes. okay 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 all right once again this money is not the most important thing in the world love is fortunately i love money okay all right here's another one lack of money is the root of all evil okay there's another one money was never a big motivation for me except as a way to keep score Okay. Okay. Here's another one. A bank is a place that will lend you money if you can prove that you don't need it. I think the scorecard. This. Oh. I'm not done. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. All right. Money is the best deodorant. Okay. Well, that is yeah. Uh, and I, then here's the last one. Jesus. I'm All right. right there. There's All six. Right, money frees you from doing things you dislike. Since I dislike doing nearly everything, money is handy. All right, well, that last one is too self-deprecating for Trump. That's true. That was Groucho Marx. <coughs> I think it's the scorecard one, the score one. That is correct. Yeah. The first one uh, is Jackie Mason. 
Uh, he loves money. Uh, lack of money is the root of all evil. Is George Bernard Shaw. A bank is a place that will lend you money if you don't need it. Bob Hope. Money is the best deodorant. Elizabeth Taylor. Now, that, I threw that one in there because, you know, girls are just as good as, 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 as bullshitters. Yeah, yeah exactly. all right. So anyway, there you go. Those are, those are my money quotes. Hey, you like beer, right? I've, t- I've tasted a beer or two. Yeah, you're kind of yeah. a big beer fan. Well, how yeah. about Polish beer? You like Polish beer? Uh, there's, you know, I like it, but I never order it because I never know how to pronounce it. It's and like you don't Z-X-V-Y. And you don't want to sound like an idiot. Right, exactly. So, I'll have the, uh, the Polish bud. beer. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a Polish brewery. Okay. Yeah. From Poland. Yes. Uh, that's making the, wor- the world's first vagina beer. <laughs> And it's brewed. beer beer for women. No, it's it's beer. It's brewed from the bacteria of two hot Polish models. Oh my God, that sounds disgusting. Polish brewery, the Order of Yoni, and Yoni, of course, is the Sanskrit word for female genital. Oh my God, has made the world's first beer with vaginal lactic acid. Uh, the brewery had a gyne- gynecologist take a smear. Not a schmear. That's cream cheese. A smear from two hot models by the names of Monica and Paulina. I'm not making this up. This is such a terrible idea. And then had a laboratory isolate the lactic acid bacteria Uh and dumped it in the big vat and made vagina beer. Okay. Wow. Uh, They have assured, the brewery has assured that Monica and Paulina are free from any sexually transmitted diseases. What do they call it? Do they have a a name? They don't have a name. Uh, I was going to do a quiz, or I was going to make up names. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? It got a little too gamey. Yeah, 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 right. Uh, And I was going to make up slogans and stuff, but I decided. Yeah, probably for the best. But I do wonder what happens when a couple of strapping guys like us (laughs) drink vagina beer. What would happen? Uh, I don't know, because we're basically girls anyway. Well, I think we'd have maybe the urge to reload the dishwasher, maybe. Could be. Uh, Could be. They, uh, you know what? If we had a, if we had a couple of bottles now, we'd stop laughing at each other's jokes, right? That's true. That's true. We'd roll our eyes, yeah, right, all exactly. the time, right? And then you know, I'd be, I'd take the side of other drivers in traffic. <laughs> you know, my my favorite, I get. I'm not screaming at you. I'm just screaming near you. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, great. That's great. <laughs> Thanks I, for I the just happen to be nearby every time. Yeah, yeah. O'Hare is nearby, yeah. sweetie. Uh, so there you go, vaginal or vagina beer. Okay. Ask for it by the name of that we don't. That is something I will never, ever order. Um, All right, it's time for another feature here. Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century with Rick and Dave. You had, I saw you on TV. I was there, yes. I was on WGN Television Morning News this week. And uh, they gave you the coolest yeah, that was awesome. baseball jersey ever. Tell the, tell the fans what happened. Well, I was there promoting my book, Every Cup Ever, <laughs> uh, which is why we do this feature. Yeah. And, uh, and they asked me to provide quiz questions for the guys on the show. And we did like a did little... Did they have uh, a jingle? <laughs> they, we did a little <laughs> wacky game show. Right. Um, and... At the end of the game show, there was a prize, and they gave it to me. And the prize was a uh, Cubs jersey uh, from the ACDC concert, which has like ACDC instead of the C on the front, and then uh, Angus Young and the and the number fifteen because they must have been here in the in the in year two thousand fifteen. Yeah. Right. It's awesome. It's very cool. It's a little too big, but I'm confident I will you, fat into no, it. I am totally 
Yeah, confident that he is. <laughs> now, did they had they given that to was that the one that they produced for and, and, Angus Young and he didn't want it or why do? Uh, no, they were selling them that day, oh, okay. um, but they were like three hundred bucks. There yeah. was no way I was going to pay for that, um, but now I got it for free. So thank you very much to my friends at WGN TV. And this weekend, I think this comes out on Saturday, right? So yeah, so today I guess. If you're listening uh, on Saturday, the uh, the fourth of May, and it's not two o'clock in the afternoon yet. Head over to Moretti's in Mount Prospect. I'll be there from 2 to 4 signing copies of my book. Mm-hmm. And inside this book is uh, there's stories about every single cub ever. Right, That's why it's called Every Cub Ever. And this week was May Day. Mm-hmm. Would you like to guess how many cubs have had the name May, their last name? Well, Carlos May played for the White Sox, and Lee May played for the Cardinals, I think. The right? Orioles and the... Uh, and the Reds and the, the Reds okay. and the Astros. Honestly, I don't think anybody was named May. Three of them. Okay, there were three. Derek May. Oh, I re- okay, yeah. sure. He was here in the early nineties. <coughs> I remember him. There was Jakey May, who pitched in the thirties. Uh, his he was a little lefty. He pitched fourteen seasons in the big leagues. Last two with the Cubs. And his last game that he pitched was in the nineteen thirty two World Series against the Yankees. And he gave up seven runs in two innings mm. and called it a career. And then Scott May, who I remember, was... Uh, I remember him, too. He was a call-up at the end of the 1991 season and appeared in two games, mm. right-handed reliever. You know, Carlos May is the only major league player to ever have his birthday on his jersey. His name and birthday. His name and birthday. Yeah, May, May, May 17th. Oh, okay, that was the fifth, but okay. No. Well, it couldn't have been the fifth. It was the 17th. Okay, yeah. All right, someday you can do a White Sox book. What do you think about that? White Sox fans don't read. Okay. They can't read. <laughs> Good point. All right, carrying on. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So, you know, I'm just realizing before you, you read the name on that list, we haven't uh, promoted who's coming up on the show, uh, our oh, guest. Sheila Motion. Yeah. I mean, she... Right. Uh, it's not the size of the ship. It's the Sheila Motion of the uh, ocean. She wrote a very funny book about funny women. And yeah. we're going to be talking to her in a few minutes. So we'll be talking about funny women coming up in just a bit. But first... Wow, now this is crazy karma. Jose Cardinal. Jose Cardinal, right. one of my Cardinal. favorite Cubs players ever. He was on the Cubs in the uh, early 70s. Big hat, big afro. Giant the, fro, right, right, very right. colorful player, played right. right field. We used to go to the games and sit in the bleachers and, yeah. hey, Jose, yeah, right, yay. Right. Uh, well, one day, um, I was at the Jewel near my house in Mount Prospect. Jewel is a grocery store for people yes. that are listening in Costa Rica. Right. <laughs> Uh, they do not have jewels in the Ottoman Empire. Uh, but anyway, yes, I was at the grocery store, the Jewel, and I was with my two my two older boys who at the time were young. They were like seven and five years okay, old. Okay, so right? this is so we're talking 14 years ago. 14, 15 years ago, yeah. And uh, out of the corner of my eye, I see a diminutive uh, African-American mm-hmm. man uh, standing there, and I looked at him closely and I realized it was Jose Cardinal. Now, we were in the, uh, 
in the produce section. Okay. Of, so the first yeah. section when you come first in. First section you come in, okay. all, all the vegetables were right. there. And I was by the oranges. Okay. Well, and now, uh, not yeah. to stop you, but if yeah. you drank vagina beer, yeah. you would touch every <laughs> every piece of fruit before you bought This avocado was not ripe. <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway, uh, I, I looked again, made sure it was him, and I said to my boys, all right, that guy over there is one of the greatest Cubs players of all time. It's Jose Cardinal. And they said, yeah, right, Dad. Right. All right. I said, trust me, it is. And and I said, you boys stay here. I'll be right back. So I left them there in the cart, and I started walking. I was trying to figure out, you know, casually, oh, tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, right. Look at this. Oh, okay. What's it? <laughs> and I walked up and stood right next to Jose Cardinal, who was in the onion section, okay. holding a, a, a purple onion, a red onion. Okay. And I said, uh, "Excuse me, I don't want to bother right. you." But, While you're uh, looking at your onions, are you uh, are you Jose Cardinal? And he said, "Why, yes, I am." And I said, "I love I you. I am your b- biggest fan." I told him I used to come to the games, right. and he said, "Wow, so you're not very young anymore." I said, <laughs> "No, I'm not, but you know, I'm super excited to meet you, et cetera, et cetera." And then um, I said, "What are you doing?" In a jewel in Mount Prospect. In Mount Prospect, right. you know he wasn't has not affiliated with the Cubs no. in any way. He said, "Well, I ne- I bought this house in um, the town nearby here, and I never sold it, and this is my home. I never leave here, wow. and it was in the middle of the winter." Yeah. So I mean, he's Cuban. He 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 was born and raised in Cuba. And I said, you know, a Cuban spends his winters in, in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he said, yeah, I love it. This is my favorite town. Well, he probably didn't make shit either when he was... No, probably not. And he had a house here. But but still. That's that's a great story. And I came back to my boys. I'm like, it was Jose Cardinal. They were like, yeah, whatever, Dad. They just didn't care. But to me, and you know, I've met, as you've listened to this show, I've met hundreds and hundreds of celebrities. The number of times that I was as excited as I was at that moment, I think there are maybe two or three maximum. One of my favorite moments well, ever. Ernie Banks. Ernie, uh, Ringo. And Zachary Taylor. <laughs> and uh, the first or the second uh, emperor of the Ottoman uh, Empire. What, does he still live in the neighborhood? He does. As a matter of fact, he is featured in Cub Sessions, which is our uh, a book that we just put out at <laughs> Eckhart's Press, which will be selling alongside... Uh, every this cub Saturday. ever this Saturday at Moretti's. We got to drop off an every cub ever to him. Can you get his address? Yeah. Yeah. That would be get a big old Facebook picture of him. Yeah. Let me read what I wrote about him first to make sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, this is the thing. I write about every cub yeah. ever and then I meet him. It's right. like, oh, oh, what'd you write? Oh, I might have said something. Yeah. That, right. Yeah. Right. Couldn't yeah. catch a fly ball yeah. to save oh, his yeah. life. Sorry. I pointed out that 133 batting <laughs> yeah. average. Oh, okay. Anyway, time for our final feature. We have a guest standing by ready to go. Let's bring her in. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. Now joining us on our podcast, I am thrilled. A friend of mine, although we have never met physically they, they, you know is that, is that a code yeah. <laughs> we're, we're just we're digital uh, uh digital colleagues and uh and friends sheila motion uh has joined is joining our podcast right now and she is an author of a extraordinarily funny book by the name of the league of extraordinarily funny women 50 trailblazers of comedy welcome to the show sheila 
Hi, thank you so much for having me. Uh, so, uh, so Sheila, you know, uh, did you want to say? Yeah, I just wanted again? to say I'm yeah. reading your bio. You're a PhD. You're, you know, yeah, you went to Northwestern. What are you doing on our podcast? <laughs> Dave, you are oh, not selling this well. Only, only the best of the best, the cream of the crop. <laughs> well, thank you very much. So I think the whole the whole point of your book is that women are funny, <laughs> but uh, we have a good friend, a comedian. I, I'm gonna, not going to say his name. I'll say it, Dobie Maxwell. Okay, okay. But he, <laughs> I mean, he seriously believes, and this is true, he seriously believes that women cannot be funny or are not funny. I mean, obviously, this is something that people run into all the time in comedy. Do you, do you still run into it even after the book is out? Well, you know, I think it's it kind of has manifested in different some different attitudes or some different like uh, maybe slights or kind of disparagements or, you know, like, uh, well, she's funny, like for a girl, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> kind of like weird, you know, a weird thing. Um, but one of the interesting things that I found in putting this book together was um, I did a lot of historical research and there is actually a ton of conversation that was going on around the turn of the century, around the early 1900s, um, where people were were genuinely skeptical that women possessed a sense of humor, like that they were Jeez. physiologically <laughs> lacking. Well, our wives have no yeah, sense well, of humor. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> they used to, and that's why they married us, but now they don't. Yeah. <laughs> and we're funny, well, too. And it's just... <laughs> well, and it's, it's funny about that, you know, comment, because some of the... So some of the kind of debate or conversation on the male side, you know, was like, okay, if women are laughing and they're laughing together, you know, men, what makes you think that they're not going to be laughing at you? <laughs> right. And of then the kind of the rejoinder though, of, of some women, especially, you know, some that did have a very arch sense of humor, um, would say like, well, you know, well, dear men, like, how do you think we've tolerated you all of this time without a sense of humor? So it's a very kind of funny, um, it's a funny kind of cultural perception that is sort of has become a hangover, I guess, mm -hmm. through generations. You know, you, you said you talked a lot about history and you did a lot of research here. You know, and there are a lot of female comics on your list. Well, they're all female comics, but the pi <laughs> uh, but the pioneers, I mean, and you've talked a little bit about Lucille Ball and... Um, and some of the, you know, Fanny Bryce, but really, you know, if you're putting together the team photo of the, of the female comedic, you know, uh, pioneers, who are you, who, who's the Mount Rushmore? Yes, exactly. Mount Rushmore of female comics. <laughs> oh man, that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, we need more than a, a mountainside, I think, to fit that Don't get all, cocky, just give know? us four. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, there are just there there are so many and that is the thing that was really challenging it was really challenging to kind of narrow the field or this you know for this book or whatever to to kind of you know a manageable amount um to to write about you know but i mean you would definitely yeah you'd have women from from burlesque you'd have women mm -hmm. from vaudeville you'd have um you know toady fields and of course like moms mabley and yeah. joan and phyllis and you know i mean and in terms of like real pathbreakers from a from a historical point and then just stretching onward so um, everybody kind of rises on each other's shoulders mm -hmm. um, for these women. And you can really, 
kind of see the lineage and the legacy that um, even though some early women like Joan and like moms were, were kind of operating in a, in a vacuum in terms of other women, you know, mentors and stuff, um, they were still doing things that uh, paved the way and, and for, you know, for other women coming up and around them. So, right. um, yeah. so even though I, you know, I, I looked at your list and, and some of them I, I think are, are really smart to put in there, like Mae West, for instance, or, you know, people that were, they may not have been doing stand-up comedy, but mm-hmm. uh, they were funny women who were mm-hmm. showed everyone that women could be funny. Oh, Marilyn Monroe was even. Yes, yeah. absolutely. That's true. Yeah. She had a great sense of humor. And yeah, I wanted to, I also wanted to look broadly in terms of crafts, you know, I, uh, that's why I like Nora Ephron is in there, right. I, you know, Hilarious. I wanted, yeah, writers represented and, um, as well as like stand up and, and improvisers. And you had like somebody like, um, Sandra Bernhardt, who is that kind of quasi, like she does that kind of cabaret, right. <laughs> like kind of one woman show style. And right. Like how do you so, identify that exactly? Right. Yeah. So I, lo- I loved that. I loved being able to highlight that, you know? Um, and yeah. And I mean, and it just, it's just so many women, I think too, that like are great, almost like comic uh, character or comic actors, like um, Deborah Messing is one mm-hmm. that yes. I would have loved to have, uh, been able to kind of highlight her more, but I, I've just been rewatching Will and Grace a bunch recently. Yeah, she's, and she's no, great. Mary Tyler Moore for me was yeah. And Mary Tyler Moore oh, yeah. and Valerie Harper yeah, and yeah. you know so so there's there's uh, there's so many arenas where uh, funny women mm-hmm. can really shine uh, publicly, but then also like as you said early, we know lots and lots of women you know who are not uh, well known or not uh, don't earn a paycheck being funny but are so funny and, and bring true. that into mm-hmm. their everyday which mm-hmm. is fantastic you know one th- common thing i noticed you sent us a little sample of your book and i read uh read all of it and i noticed that uh there's a common th- a thread in that a lot of these women have spent some time in chicago either mm-hmm. they were from here or they came through here either like second city or like yourself at northwestern and um, what do you think it is about the Midwest uh, that helps propel comedy in general? I think that uh, Second City, you know, it rose out of the uh, University of Chicago cultural scene. And I think that something about the Midwest kind of breeding ground intellectually and culturally um, going, you know, back to like the 50s and, and moving forward. Um, there was just something about that combination of like very smart and astute right. um, and, and like thoughtful people. Um, like I know in, in the earliest kind of theater games and earliest forms of improv and stuff, I mean, people had to be really ready to, if somebody said like Tolstoy, I mean, right. they had to really had to know. know. <laughs> yeah. Like Elaine May is a great example from your book. You know, she was a Second City mm-hmm. person and one of the funniest women of all time and came out of that improv world. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Rick and yeah. I were on Second City. We were, so we were in this yeah, players' we're, workshop. We're not women. Second, That's why we're not in the <laughs> yeah. you know, But still, you have the, the Midwest comedy stamp of approval, well, you know. Well, well, I, maybe <laughs> I it's our I, winners. I don't know. Maybe it's our crappy winners. <laughs> I think it could be that. Uh, I think that could be that kind of high 
intellectual culture. And then I think it's sort of a spread. Yeah. When I think Chicago, that's what I think of. Um, women comics are still uh, very unlikely to do blue comedy. And when they do blue comedy, they get way, way more heat than men do. Mm-hmm. You know, why is that? I mean, wh- total double standard here. Because I would love yeah. to hear them do blue comedy. <laughs> yeah, some, some do. <laughs> yeah. But, but right, they, they, you know, they really do, you know, get a Shy lot of uh, heat, heat for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I blame Obama. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're thanks, funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Obama. Thanks a lot. Um, you know, I think it, I think it again goes way back to, to these cultural ideas we have about women, about women being polite and nice and uh, well-behaved and um, not, uh, like uh, not the kind of girl you don't take home to mother. Right, right, sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, honey, can um, you please be quiet, please? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and uh, and I think uh, when we break out of the, the those um, unrealistic and kind of really bananas ideas, um, it, it be, it's jarring. I think for some some people, um, I know like Johnny Carson was somebody right who who was very like he did not like women going blue at right. all and didn't, yeah. and thought you know be be a delicate comic. I think that might be why he took um, to um, Ellen DeGeneres on you know one of her first or her first appearance. She got invited over to. Uh, to to the couch, which was a huge huge deal, mm. especially as a as a female comic and stuff. And I think you know her her stuff uh, skirted around very sharp and 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 playful kind of observational humor and stuff like that. And right, like she's a, the female Jerry Seinfeld sort of uh, mm-hmm. approach. Well, you yeah, me- you and- mentioned Obama uh, earlier, uh, so you know and this is, <laughs> political humor is another area. That mm-hmm. used to be off limits for women, uh, but now there's a whole slew of them, including Sam B, who's in your book, one of my favorites, and and mm. the woman who may have ended the tradition <laughs> of having comics at the White House Correspondents' Dinner was Michelle Wolf, who was there last year. Yeah. Uh, who uh, of the comics are the political women comics out there? Who who do, do you think has the most astute political wit? Who, who's the one that you go to? Oh, wow. Well, I, I do go to Sam B. I love her so much. And mm-hmm. I think she is so smart in, in the way that she presents uh, the humor and the commentary. And um, but it's also very um, I want to I want to say ballsy. I mean, mm-hmm. she she tells it like it is and she's not afraid to point fingers and to sort of name names and call things out. Um, and I think that's you know, I think that's a lot of what we need. I also really loved uh, what Sarah Silverman was doing mm, yeah. with her I, I Love You America show. And and I thought um, kind of going at it through dialogue and conversation was really smart and um, refreshing because uh, uh, with Samantha B, for me personally, it is like preaching to the choir. You know, like I'm right. very much on board with a yeah, lot yeah. of what she yeah, is me saying. Too. We play for the same team. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so, but I, I do, I think she has some of the sharpest, uh, insight and opinions, um, of what's going on now. So I do, I appreciate her, her voice in there, you know, a lot. 
Have you heard from anybody that any women that are upset that they weren't included in the book? Are you getting people going, you know, you should have put blah, blah, blah. In. <laughs> uh, you know, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. How many ways can I say? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I, some somewhat, but like in a nice way, you know, I think that it shows um, that there's way more than 50. Mm-hmm, and I right. love that people are willing to kind of fight for their favorites or or who are introducing me to, you know, different. Um, people who um, maybe didn't come across or weren't as familiar with or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I will say that um, I had a few bit of uh, challenging things reaching out to uh, some people for, for to ask them to blurb the mm-hmm. book. That's, you know, something, as you know, that you do as yeah. a mm-hmm. as an author. And, well, we just um, make them up. We just, we just make them up. <laughs> oh, Bob Newhart said that. that? <laughs> yeah, right. Letterman says pieces. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, there were a couple, like, uh, you know, like, she's not in the book. And it's kind of like, no, but, you know, I would love her support, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yep. Bye. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have Elaine. Yeah, Bo- we have Elaine Boozler here right now, and she's pissed. Yeah. Oh dear. Well, I would not want to fight her. She is. <laughs> she's serious. Where can people get your book? Does it say name? What's the publisher? Where can they get it? Yeah. And all that stuff. Yeah, the publisher is Running Press. They are fantastic and a very fun. Uh, publisher they're uh, a division of Hachette publishing mm-hmm. and um, you can get it literally where all books are sold so which sadly is fav- not that many places anymore <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah, where everything that we're reading could possibly be sold so uh, those those big places <laughs> that we know and love and your uh, support your indie booksellers yes, very much definitely so. well good luck to you and thanks for spending time uh, oh, thank we, you we, so much. we really appreciate it. And yeah, good luck with the book. And, uh, you know, Rick wrote a book just recently, Every Cub Ever, and he, t- he included 2,000 people, and you only have 50. Yeah. Yeah. Now, <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's a big book. Yeah, right. Come on. <laughs> so you've got a little more ways to go, pal. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Obama. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Well, thanks for being on, thanks, Sheila, Sheila. And best of luck thank to you. you. Oh, thank you both so much. I really appreciate hey, no it. No problem, buddy. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. There she is. She was really a nice lady. You forgot to bring up a vagina beer. Yeah. That's, you should probably we'll send her a six-pack. Okay. Well, All right. Well, there you go. That's uh, another episode of uh, Minutia Men in the Can. Now, we're doing a show next. When are you going yeah, to Europe? Yeah, we're doing one more. And then you're going to Europe. And we're going to Europe. And I have a best of ready to go with some of our... Which will be ele- uh, 11 seconds. <laughs> some of our greatest interviews yeah. coming up. I was going over with my... Uh, other producer Tommy Kemper yesterday. Who, who's gonna? Who's what are some of the interviews that are gonna be in it? Uh, like uh, cousin Oliver's oh, in there. He was good. And, uh, Scott Farkas is in there. So it's a TV. Uh, it's a movie TV. Yeah, uh, Mark Cuban is in okay. there. Um, so there's some good ones. Some really good ones. So, uh, but next week we have a new one coming up. If you want to find out more about Rick and Dave, you can check us out at EckhartsPress.com. You can also uh, check out Eck. Um, what is it? ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. Yeah, even the company you own. Yeah. yeah that's mm-hmm. what uh, you can email us at MinutiaMenPodcast at gmail.com. Do we got any emails this past Not week? Not this week. Uh, we've been produced by Tony Lasano of uh, Opie Productions. We're distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Minutia Men. <laughs>
The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? If you missed Losano or Los Los Anno and friends, here's what you missed. Hi, Fred Winston here, Chicago radio guy. <laughs> now, Fred, Tony, you were the first voice on Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yeah, that was my big uh, cinematic moment. It is a beautiful day in Chicago today. Temperatures expected to reach the upper 70s. Right now, 75 at the lakefront, 74 at Midway, 73 at O'Hare, and now, up in the sky, Don Nelson. Yeah, pretty goddamn riveting, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, got, I got John Hughes in the studio, and we're in a commercial break. He says, uh, could you imagine your voice coming out of the theater speakers in the theater? I said, uh, yeah, what does it pay? <laughs> Mercenary. So I go in the studio, and I'm recording stuff, and I'm uh, doing uh, buffo DJ crap. And uh, clever ad libs, and uh, you know, well, blah, blah 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 blah, and they didn't want that. They wanted the uh, right. the straight crap. Right. <laughs> so he invited me to go with him to the premiere. Uh huh. And I said, well, I can't do that yeah. because I get up at 3:30 in the morning. I'm sorry. You know, I'm not going to give up my sleep. I don't give right. a crap if it is a movie. <laughs> so he fixed my ass. I got paid, but I got no movie credit. Yeah. Oh really? Uh, no credit? No, no uh, credit in the movie. Every one got a credit except <laughs> me. Unbelievable. Uh, You're the first voice. Yeah, well, that's okay. Yeah. Do you do you get checks in the mail still for like 16 cents for that? Or no, no, no. Really? It was a one-time flat fee oh. of $337.65. Oh, man. That, yeah, I'm swimming in nice. it. Yeah. <laughs> Radio Misfits. Get more Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lausano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lausano or whatever it's called. That's nice. I bet that's pretty goddamn compelling, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, sorry. <laughs>